Welcome to the Life of Jesus, Lessons 13 and 14, I believe. So this is Lesson 13. And we're going to pick up where we left off in Chapter 3, on Page 3. In fact, there's nothing really left on Page 3 to talk about. Um, we really need to move on to Page 4. But um, Page 3 is where we left off talking about creation. We said we're going to actually look at the specifics of creation. So turn over the page and we're going to begin with the first day. I don't want to spend a lot of time uh, on this side of things. Uh, I really want to get to the place where we're back with Christ again and we're talking about that. But these are all of his creations and in leading up to Genesis chapter 3, uh, I could not leave it out. I had to just put in Genesis 1 and 2, especially since it had to do with the, um, the judgment that fell on the angels as well because all of this was translated into another realm and began the new earth. Amen? So we're just going to be looking at what God did from that point on. And remember again that all of this is, is coming about now because there has been a rebellion, because God said that's it, you know, the angels are now under judgment, all right? And it, they haven't been fully judged. It's, a, it's, it's progressive. All right, and so which is the reason why you know some of the demons said, "What have we to do with you? It's not our time yet." Remember that. All right, so obviously there's a time period that's still at, at play there. So let's begin in Genesis chapter one, verse two, and uh, it, this might get a little scientific, which is the reason why I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I don't want everybody to get lost and have little crickets going on in their brain. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, reading again in Genesis chapter 1, um, on page 4 of chapter 3, it says in verse 2 through 5, that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Now before we can go any further, it's vital that we remember that what Colossians 1.16 said in relation to Jesus Christ and creation, that for by all things, excuse me, by Him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Him and for Him. So all of creation now is by Him and for Him. Amen? Alright? And the reason, I want to, uh, the reason I want to go through this is because you need to understand that the Creator was down here looking at His creation. Do you understand? So when the seas got rough and when things got out of hand, He spoke to His own creation. And it shut down. It recognized its Master. Do you understand? This is the reason why, and you need to see the brilliance in what he did. Okay, I, I want you to not just fall in love with Jesus, but really look at him and, wow. Okay, I need you to admire him, I need you to understand who lives in you. And the next time you say you can't do something, think about that statement. Okay, when Jesus said all things are possible, Paul says you have the mind of Christ, dear Lord. We need to know what that actually means. Amen? This is the mind that created everything. This is the God that lives in you, that brought about everything. 
Hallelujah. <coughs> so, what, what else this means is that we have to be careful not to assume that every reference to quote-unquote God in the Bible is a reference to only God the Father. Did you understand? Okay, that word is very specific to put in there. Alright, it's not only God the Father. Remember that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. They're all God. And why Jesus said first in John 14, 9, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And went on to add in John 17, 22, and the glory which you gave me and I have, uh, excuse me, gave me, I have given them, and that they may be one just as we are one. So again, Jesus identified himself with God. Amen? People say, well, he never said that he was God. Excuse me. I don't know what else that's saying otherwise. So anyway, with all this in mind, let's look back at Genesis 1-2, which according to scientist Dr. Carl Bohr of Creation Evidences Museum in Glenrose, Texas, says that the phrase without form and void is making reference to a giant body of water that operated in random tendency that's typical of water, and without a tangible form floating as a loose sphere in space. So that's what it means. That's what the scientists say. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Doctor, I can explain, but you know, let's just keep going. Page 5. Dr. Bohr adds that the reason the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters was to introduce energy to this sphere of water and polarize it so that the molecules of H2O would align themselves and generate a global electromagnetic field. This is really important to us, okay? This field would be crucial to all life on Earth, as scientists have now found. See, this is one of the problems. It is what allows our cells to communicate, and that thing is getting less and less, which is why we're getting less and less, okay? <laughs> right? um, so that's, that's why we struggle with things today, um, and why we're having so, many, so much of the problems we're having physically, mentally, and so on and so forth. Part of the reason is things are winding down. Amen? And somebody needs to come and wind it back up. And he's coming. Hallelujah. Uh, in fact, it is what literally drives the cellular engines, allowing them to grow, divide, and multiply. It is what causes us to grow up. And all things, whether plant cells, animal cells, all of those things, they communicate, they divide, they multiply, all because of this thing. Are you all with me? Okay. I, I won't get too technical on you, okay? I'll try to keep it simple. All right, and most importantly, communicate it with each other. All right, which means that's what allows us to see things. Okay, for me to see you, I need to, my eyes need to pick up what's coming in. My brain needs, it needs to be sent to my brain because my eyeballs can't think. Do you understand? So it's my brain that's actually seeing you via my eyes. Just like it's my brain that's actually feeling something when it's hot. Okay, but if the cells don't communicate, I won't know my hand's on fire. You know, if it was. Do you understand? Okay. All right. In addition to the electromagnetic field generated by the Holy Spirit's hovering, science now also tells us that whenever you have an activity that involves water molecules and energy, you automatically generate hydrogen atoms as well. Now, these hydrogen atoms are going to be extremely significant on day two, when the firmament is created which is a fascinating creation. Right, we'll get to day two today, don't worry. Following this, verse three goes on to say that then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, the literal text says, light, uh, let light be, all right? Or sometimes it's shortened as light be, 
All right? Literally, God just... See, this is the thing. God just calls things into existence. Okay? He doesn't hope something comes into existence. All right? He doesn't pray a long time and make it come into existence. God speaks, it comes. And that's really important that we get that. All right? All right. Either way, what's of greatest significance here is the phrase, God said. As the uh, Discipleship Study Bible puts it, God spoke and it happened. God created through His Word. In creating, God brought things into existence out of nothingness. Now that's a key thing. Okay, you all remember the joke, right? The, the thing about, you know, the scientists that said, hey, we can make man now too. And, you know, and so God said, fine, you know, let's do this. I'm probably getting this all wrong, but you get the gist. And, you know, and they said, all right, let's take some dirt. He goes, hey, 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 make your own dirt. Well, isn't that true? I mean, when we really think about it, yeah, that was something that God had previously made. If God wants to take something he previously made and put it together and, and make a man out of it, hallelujah. You want to make man, you make your own dirt before you start. Don't take stuff we made. Hello. Okay. You all with me? <laughs> so that's very significant, you know, that we take for granted that, oh, we can do stuff when we, we forget that everything that we do stuff with came from God. So regardless how incredibly intelligent we think we are, we still needed somebody to make something that we could work with to do something else with. Moving on. I wasn't, t- wasn't going to take a long time on this, was I? I lied to you again. I'm sorry. Okay, forgive me. All right. <laughs> so again, he did not take um, he did not take previously existing matter and transform it into new kinds of material objects. He began with nothing and ended with the whole of existence, brought into being out of his powerful word. That's why he calls it the word of his power, not the power of his word, but the word of his power. His power, all of it's in His Word. He speaks, boom. So based on this truth, Jesus teaches us in Mark 11, 23, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. That is coming from what he did. Amen? Beyond the spiritual supernatural applications, there is also science and the discovery that when water is bombarded with sound, now take this with a grain of salt, okay, but I'll just give this to you because it was there, all right, um, whenever water, and this is, but, but this is true, okay, <laughs> this is not a lie, this is true, I just don't know if this is relevant or not, it just seemed interesting to me, all right, whenever water is bombarded with sound, i.e. God speaking the words light be into a giant sphere of water in space. Remember? Okay, it's sitting out there. The result is a bubble that emanates the full spectrum of light. Now, I've given you where that comes from down the bottom. See the little footnote? Okay, that's where they did the experiment. Alright, so if you want to go look it up, that's where it is. It was actually an experiment that was performed and the results were just, yeah, surprising. Okay, whether or not this factored into what God did at creation is something we'll only find out when we get to heaven. Nevertheless, it is still incredibly fascinating and somewhat relevant in the sequence of events that took place. You understand? So further to this, and even of greater significance, is the fact that astrophysicists are currently admitting that all the physical phenomena in the universe conceivably 
could have come from the radiant energy of light alone. What was the first thing that God said? Light, faith. Interesting, isn't it? He knew what had to come first. That includes all the future atoms and molecules, all of the stellar heavens, all of the living systems, according to current scientific physical investigation, are the product of light. Again, I've given you little um, footnotes. It's all there. Okay? All right. Returning to Genesis chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, go on to say, And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Now, the phrase evening and morning tells us that the giant sphere of water in space now has begun to spin. Otherwise, you can't have evening and morning. Okay? Interesting, isn't it? So we, we're being told something here. Not only is there a sphere of water in space, it is now rotating. Hallelujah. Okay? All right. <coughs> and it's creating the effect of day and night, even though the sun has not yet been created, and why it is only the effect of day and night. All right? As for the light, don't try to understand all of this, because you get curls in your hairs. Right, okay? <laughs> just, just follow. All right? As for the light, the Ryrie Study Bible points out that it is not the sun, which was created on the fourth day, which is verse 16, but some fixed light source outside the earth. Some believe it is God himself, because God is light, do you understand? And he is in creation right now, and he's creating. Well, if he's there, he's light, do you understand? So, but they're looking at it and saying, okay, there's some fixed light. I'm giving you that thought now, okay, that I believe that it was God's presence there that was actually lighting everything up just like he does in heaven. All the light in heaven is him. Amen? All right. Anyway, I didn't put it in. I should have. My bad. All right. <coughs> in reference to that light, the rotating earth passed through a day-night cycle. Henry M. Henry M. Morris writes, It is clear that beginning with the first day and continuing thereafter, there was established a cyclic, slice that word, cyclical succession of days and nights, periods of light and periods of darkness. The day was the light time. I like this. Think about this, okay? The day was the light time when God did his work. The darkness was the night time when God did no work. Nothing new took place between evening and morning of each day. Interesting is we take so much for granted, but this is God saying all of this. This is God saying, this is day, this is night. When it's light, that's called day. When it's dark, it's called night. Okay? And, excuse the pun, in light of this, and the fact that, <laughs> sorry about that, and the fact that Colossians 1.16 says that all things are created by him, we begin to wonder if there was more to John chapter 9, verses 4 and 5, when Jesus said there, I must work the works of him who sent me <coughs> while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah? Anything like that? Okay. More on this when we get to the Gospels, all right? Finally, as to the word day in Genesis 1-5, the first day, Henry Morris again writes, it should be noted that in the Hebrew Old Testament, yom, the word for day, without exception, never means period. It normally means either a day in a 24-hour sense, or else the daylight portion of a 24 hours day as distinct from night. Now I made this point because some people say, well, it could have been a thousand years. It could have been a million years. Who's to say? 
you know, could be God's six days of creation was millions and millions of years and it evolved. Now you're here. Okay, that word does not mean that. It's not a period, it is a literal 24 hour day. Are we all here? Okay, okay, thank you. All right, moving on. Let's go to day number two. Ooh, we did that one in 16 minutes. All right, day two. <laughs> This brings us to the second day of existence of this universe with verse 6 through 8 stating, you know, this is something else. You know, this is the second day of existence of this universe. So that's what happened on day one. Okay? That's it. That's all there was. There was no you. There was no me. There was no nothing. That's all. Now we come to day two. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. You know, I never understood that. I'm thinking, waters, waters, what the hell, you know, <laughs> okay? By the end of this, hopefully you'll get it. Thus God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. So the firmament is something. See, I used to keep thinking it was just the atmosphere, but this is actually something. All right? It isn't just empty space. There is something that is dividing now waters above and waters below. Are you all with me? Okay, um, and it was so, and God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. So now, notice again the phrase, God said, alright? So again, I want to keep bringing back this point. It reveals to us that another creation is about to appear, this time in the form of a firmament. But before we look at uh, what the firmament does, let's look first at what it is, alright? In the Hebrew, the word firmament actually means, it means all of these things to compress, pound together, and stretch out in an arc of heaven in thin metal sheets. Didn't think it was all in there, did you? That's what it actually means. Alright, turning the page. It actually describes the process of hydrogen atoms. Remember they were generated on day one? I told you it was important. Everything is important. Alright. When the Holy Spirit hovered over the sphere of water, being compressed under extremely cold conditions in space, remember space is cold, okay, it's icy in space by the way, alright, to form a transparent, superconductive, crystalline metal. When you look at the periodic table, what's really interesting is you find hydrogen in the metal section. Everybody knows it's a gas, but it's listed as a metal. Interesting, isn't it? It sits on that side of the period. I used to always wonder why we're sitting on that side of the periodic table. I just shoved it with one of the noble gases or something. I understand the electrons and everything. Okay, it doesn't have a full set of electrons and it is why it's unstable. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that's not the point. It's still a gas as far as I'm concerned. Okay? <laughs> All right? Anyway, so, but it was really interesting. It's only as I started studying this and began to realize, wow, isn't God amazing? He takes a thing with one proton. Hydrogen has, it's the beginning of the periodic table, okay? Is, do you understand what makes an element an element? It's a protons, nothing else, all right? It's a proton. So you have one proton, it's hydrogen, you've got two, two protons, it's helium, blah, 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 blah. There are other things that are inside of it, okay, which are neutrons. You can have a little bit more, a little bit less. Hence, you get things like carbon-12 and carbon-14 and all that. It's not to do with the protons, it's to do with the neutrons. It's the other things that are hanging in there. They're neutral, the neutrons, okay? So it's the protons that make an atom an atom. Do you understand? One proton has to be hydrogen. You can't have anything less than, okay? You can't have anything that's not hydrogen that has one proton. You got me? So God starts with 
one proton. One little guy out there in space. <laughs> okay? He takes this and compresses this one, does something with this one little proton, yeah, millions of them, that creates a metal sheet that is transparent and that is conducting. It's conductive so that it's going to now float on top of the planet. Wow. Huh? Take a gas, make it a, you know, make it a metal, you know, arc it out, and then, because of its properties, it automatically floats. A metal floating. Isn't that brilliant? I just think that's, wow. That's Jesus for you. Next time you say, I don't understand this stuff, he's in there. You'll get it. Just pray a little bit more. Anyways, <laughs> okay? And as with all superconductive metals and materials, this gigantic three meters thick, okay? You know how much a meter is, right? This thing is three meters thick, okay? From the ground up to about there. That's how thick it is. You all with me? All around the planet. Okay. Transparent metal sphere actually levitated over the electromagnetic field surrounding the Earth that was generated in day one at an altitude of about 17 kilometers. It is this sphere, the firmament, that was shattered in Noah's time and why nothing survived its collapse. Do you understand now? It didn't just rain. Okay? This thing actually collapsed. When we get to Noah's time, I'll talk to you about it. We'll get there. All right? We'll talk about it. Don't worry. <coughs> I include it? I hope I included it. Anyway, take my word for it. All right? <laughs> anyway, it is, <laughs> there's a fascinating video on it, which uh, if we get time, we can maybe show it to you. All right. Because it graphically just shows you what actually happened, how the, the deep, the, the, the center of the earth, you know, just opened up and all these uh, lava and all stuff just shot up right through and literally shattered this thing. Can you imagine? It shattered a met metallic sphere. Incredible. And destroyed a planet as well. We had ten planets. We didn't have nine. Anyway, that's why everything is off track now. I don't know. If, uh, I, people might have other thoughts on that. I don't know. But that's what I've been told. That everything is out of whack now because there was a tenth planet. Interesting, isn't it? Why are we having so many problems with our weather and everything? Anyway, so... Getting back to this. I'm sorry, I get carried away. All right, <laughs> getting back. I'm meant to be rushing through this. Getting back to this, all right. Uh, I've said here again, it is this sphere that was shattered in Noah's time and why nothing survived its collapse except for Noah and his family as the fountains of the deep erupted and literally destroyed it from within. Also, due to its unique properties, it actually picked up music from the stars and why Job 38.7 stated as fact that the morning stars sang together. Take that for what it's worth. Okay? All right. I think that has a dual meaning, but anyway. So what God and, and by extension Jesus Christ created was a firmament that not only allowed natural light in the form of day while absorbing all... That's the damaging rays. Okay? I don't know what happened there. Is yours got a damaging rays? Yeah. Anyway, I didn't do that. It's word. It did it again. Uh, as to recharge the magnetic field. So this is really interesting, all right? What would happen is the light, you know all the damaging rays that hit us now, okay? That was meant to be absorbed by this firmament. It is the thing that would charge it. See, so God put everything there for a reason, all right? 
And because of its collapse, now things are getting through that should never have come to us. Are you all with me? Isn't this brilliant, huh? So it would, it would receive everything it would need to recharge it and keep it going forever. And we wouldn't get any of that stuff. We would only get the light that would benefit us and bless us. And that would be beneficial to the animals and the plants and everything else. Do you understand? Alright? So everything was made perfect. I mean, when God made it, it was just perfect. Hmm. Very sad what happened. Alright. But it also allowed people, it's really interesting, to see the night sky in full color. We don't see it in full color right now. But they could actually see it in... If you get a, a really good telescope, you can actually see stars. They have different colors. We see them all like little white dots, right? Okay, but this thing was like a filter that you could see through, and you would be able to see everything in perfect color. You'd be able to see it as clear as. Mm. So when you looked up, it was gorgeous. So not only would you be receiving music, remember the stars are singing, we know that every color is a sound, by the way. Okay, I don't know if you know that or not. Alright, not only would we be receiving music constantly, but we'd be able to see this gorgeous palette up in the sky every time we went to sleep. What a way to go to sleep. Okay, so, and hear the music that was constantly being generated by them. Alright, as an added bonus, this also gave mankind superior intelligence to where they were able to not only perform complex calculations, I've given you all the things down the bottom there, but excel in their creative abilities as well. Meaning that everyone from Adam to Noah had these extraordinary abilities. That's why he was able to build the ark. You're getting it now, alright? He wasn't stupid. Alright. <laughs> he was really, really smart. Returning to Genesis 1.6. Note, notice again how it says, Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. In other words, I'm on page 9. This transparent, crystalline, metallic sphere separated the waters in the form of water vapor in the outer atmosphere from the waters down here in its various forms. That would be a part of what we call the biosphere. Alright, that's kind of where all the plants and animals that we live. Okay? Bio means biological. Alright? That's the biosphere. Okay. Verses 7 and 8 go on to conclude by saying, Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. Interesting, this is the first heaven now. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Now, according to the context, the heaven that is being referred to is what is uh, commonly known as the first heaven, which is simply the atmosphere surrounding the planet. We lost a part of what was meant to be our first heaven, needless to say, okay? So we just call it now just the sky, all right? Um, as to the second heaven, that's the entire universe that exists outside the earth in this dimension. And what Psalm 8.3 refers to when it says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, dot, 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 okay? That's what we consider the second heaven. That's outside of our space, okay? That's outer space. And as to what the third heaven is, it is paradise, the heaven where God lives, and what the Apostle Paul Paul, excuse me, makes reference to when he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 and 4, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, he's talking about himself, was caught up to the third heaven, to paradise. Okay, so he actually went to heaven, heaven. All right, and he calls that the third heaven. 
distinguish from space, distinguish from when we look up. Okay? Don't worry about it too much. All right. Genesis 1.9. This brings us to the third day. We're doing good. Not even finished the first lesson. We're on day three. All right. <laughs> this is uh, the third day of the universe's existence with Genesis chapter 9, verses 9 and 10 going on to say, Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. All right. And God called the dry land earth, and, ev and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Now, turning the page, here we see the gathering together of the waters below the firmament to form the seas, and simultaneously the creation of the earth with the command, let the dry land appear. In the same way God said, let there be light and let there be a firmament. Do you understand? All right, so we're seeing creation still going on. The Apostle Peter writes about this in 2 Peter 3, 5 and says, from something probably told to him by Jesus while he was down here, the earth, this is very interesting, very interesting, all right? It says, the earth was formed out of water and by or by means of water. Isn't that interesting? Because you know how we started with this gigantic ball of water in space, remember that? All right? So th those are two different versions. Um, that actually a third version says, I put all the versions down for you so you can see them. Alright, that's the New Revised Standard Version, the New International Version, and the New American Standard Bible. Alright, they're all good versions, they're not creepy versions. Okay? <laughs> you know, there's some out there that you just think, who wrote that one? Alright? Nuclear physicists have now proved beyond doubt, and there it is down the bottom, okay? that the land with its meticulously layered internal and external structure did in fact appear instantaneously. All right? Once again proving the validity and truthfulness of God's word. Did you get that? Because people say, well, it took a long time and land did this and that and everything else. No, it was actually created in an instant. When God said, you know, let there be land or, you know, let it appear, it appeared. Okay? And it was, it was made in an instant. So that was something else. Now, there, are, there is, um, I've given you um, notes at the bottom. Uh, there are, you know, every time somebody comes up with something to prove the Bible, somebody else jumps up and says, ah, yeah, but. Okay, so you're never going to find anything that is totally conclusive because <laughs> evolution is a belief. It's not a fact, it's a belief. And you can't force people to believe something they don't want to believe. Do you understand? It doesn't matter about all the facts. If they don't believe it, they don't want to believe it, they'll find something to, you know, get themselves out of it. So we're going to have that problem till we get to heaven. So don't sweat it. All right. So, so if somebody says, oh, yeah, but I know something else, just go, yeah, right. Great for you. Good for you. Okay. I want to say something else, but that would be inappropriate. Anyway. Moving. <laughs> uh, yes, I won't. Okay. Where am I? I lost my spot. All right. In fact, built into the design of the layers of rock was all the makings of a perfectly balanced nuclear reactor that would do two things. This is how God actually created it. You know how we're finding uranium and all that sort of stuff? It was, we were never meant to find it, okay? It was part of what God made that was meant to be under us and below us and doing its thing. Do you understand? When those deep broke up, you, everything got messed up. Alright? Just so much went wrong. 
So it was designed to do two things. First, it would gently heat the water beneath the earth, which in turn would heat the roots beneath the soil, causing optimal plant growth. Second, so that was just like a hot spring, man, all the time. Ah, baby. All right, second, it maintained a hydro hydrologic cycle or a water cycle, resulting in the temperature of the Earth's surface being about 25 degrees centigrade in the day and about 21 at night, all year round, globally. Isn't that wonderful? Okay, it just was perfect, perfect temperature. The thing about water is it's very interesting. Whenever you're close to water, you'll find that the temperature will remain more constant because the water, it takes a lot more for water to heat up and cool down. Do you understand? Whereas in dry land, the temperatures can extreme, go both ways. Do you understand? And so that's the reason why, you know, if you're close by the ocean, you always find that um, the, the, the temperature will always be more constant and nicer. Okay, and God designed it so that the whole planet would enjoy that. Okay, moving on. All right. One other feature of dryland appearing was the internal core, the cornerstone, being formed, which would not only keep the magnetic field around the Earth orientated, but also allow all creation, including man, to be orientated wherever, uh, wherever on the planet he was, okay? Anywhere on the planet, okay? We had our own GPS, man. That thing, there's something in our brain. It's still there. It just got messed up, okay? You'd be able to know. How else otherwise would you get around? You wouldn't know where you were. There's, there was no Gregory's. He didn't come on the scene yet, okay? You would literally know. There's a little thing in our brain. It's what the birds have. You know how they migrate? It's there. It's in our little head too. It's somewhere in there, okay? I, I, mine's useless. I get lost in shopping centers. I, I go in, I come out, and I go back to where I came from. And I think, hang on, I've been this way. I go to the other way. All right, that's how bad mine is, all right? But <laughs> apparently it's there, and what we were able to do is because of that core, we were able to know exactly where we were. It, was, it allowed us to orientate ourselves wherever we were. Isn't that brilliant? See, God was just smart. You know, this is Jesus' creation. Are you all getting this? Anywhere on the planet, you'd know. You'd wake up, somebody moved you in your sleep, you know, did one of those joke things, okay? Knocked you out, sent you on a train, on a plane, and dropped you somewhere. You'd know exactly where you were. Wow, huh? Okay, I have to bring this to a close. I've got 10 seconds left. Uh, following the instantaneous creation of the earth and the gathering together of water to form oceans, Genesis chapter 1, verses 11 through 13 go on to say, Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed in itself on the earth. And it was so. Over the page. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. All right, we'll stop there and we'll pick it up in the next session.